0: Brought to you by Leaving the Ring Network. All boxing, no filter. Demetrius Andre, six foot southpaw and the owner of the WBO strap. Right now, it seems like Canelo and Gennady Golovkin are avoiding him like the plague, as Demetrius has been pointing out on Twitter and any interview where he can voice his frustration that the major players don't want to have anything to do with them. Is it really true that it's because he's boring? Is it true because nobody knows who he is and nobody cares about his fights? Or is it deeper than that? Is there more reason why Canelo and Gennady Golovkin don't wanna face Demetrius Andre. Well let's analyze Canelo and Gennady Golovkin's corner and Boo corner here on corner to corner. Don't we love it? I mean, really, don't we truly love it when a fighter starts chasing down the guys on the top? Are we not supposed to appreciate that? Are we not supposed to embrace that? Because that's, that's part of boxing. That's how an unknown guy gets himself out there. I remember when Gennady Golovkin was, was really pushing his brand. And they started off with Mexican style, which, which created a good buzz. But overall, they knew, they understood that in order to cross over completely, they had to be a popular name. They had to beat a guy that brought the wagon full of money. And that guy happened to be Mexican, who was Saul Canelo Alvarez. So he attached his name to it. Anytime you heard Gennady Golovkin and Tom and and Abel Sanchez, they brought up Canelo. It, it it works in the same sense where Manny Pacquiao, when he was the main guy, everybody wanted to attach their names to Manny. He was the money guy. Same thing with Floyd Mayweather. He was the money guy. So what Boo Boo's doing is not really, it's not brand new. He didn't invent the wheel. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do as a fighter. If you want to get your name out there, you want to be recognized as one of the best And one of the threats of the division, well, you start attaching yourself to the well-known names. So much that it gets underneath their skin where they finally say, screw it, let's do it. Let's get it done and over with. But the question is this. Does Dimitris Bubu Andre, the owner of the WBO strap, deserve a fight with either one of those guys. The second question is, what would really be the reasoning that Gennady Golovkin, Triple G, and Saul Canelo Alvarez of them not wanting to fight Demetrius Andre? Because they've showed no interest. So we're going to get into that, okay? The, The first one is, does Demetrius deserve that fight? Well, I mean, let's think about it here. What does Demetrius have on his side? What cards does, does he hold? Well, f- the first one that's going to stand out is he has a title, folks, in the middleweight division. He owns the WBO title. He's on the zone which is the same network that Canelo and Triple G are on, right? Here's another thing. He's undefeated. He hasn't lost. And I, and I think the key one is this, for me especially, not having a blemish record, coming in with a strap, and the big one for me is he's never been stopped. Now, let, let me take that back. He's never been stopped. So when I hear guys go, he doesn't deserve it because he doesn't draw a crowd. Um, He's not exciting enough. And all I can think of are fighters out there that, that folks believe that didn't carry power, Talked a lot of shit. But yet, you had the likes of other fighters like Julio Cesar Chavez, Oscar De La Hoya, Tito Trinidad, that would give these fighters still a chance. And, and who I'm coming off with is Pernell Whitaker, who had a mouthpiece. He knew how to get underneath the skin of fighters. He knew that he was a pound-for-pound pound guy at one time, but he had to keep himself relevant. Hector Camacho, same thing. Boy, was that guy quick-witted. When you got a hold of the mic, did he not know how to say the right things to sell a fight? Even though we knew he was going to backtrack the whole night. But guess what? He got the fights. He got the fights because at those times, no matter what, the marquee fighters understood there was one thing that Pernell Whitaker had and one thing that Hector Camacho had that nobody's accomplished yet. Nobody was able to take away from them. Yeah, they had blemishes on the record. They, they had loss. But there was one thing. And you can say, yeah, well, so, you know, title. Okay, maybe they had a title at the time. Or they didn't. But that one particular thing was they had never been knocked Out And shut up completely Maybe later on in the career when they got older But I'm talking about right there and then When the fighter was on top Or or making their way on top They needed that name They wanted that name Because they wanted that Accomplishment Was knocking out the guy With the biggest mouth in the room The guy that nobody's been able to put down. The guy that they haven't been able, nobody had been able to shut up completely. And Demetrius Andre to me is turning out to be that guy. That guy that is in the room and just won't shut up. He's that fly that doesn't want to stay on the wall and observe. I mean, I'm sorry, let me tell you, he's that flight that doesn't want to stay on the wall and observe. He wants to be right there in your face, just buzzing, being a, you know, being a bug, man, being annoying, you know, just flapping his wings all over your face. That, that's who he wants to be. And rightfully so. The guy's hungry. Guy wants to show that he's the best. So, so he has to push for it. That alone, not being stopped, not having a blemish on his record, not, you know, being able to get his point across that he's frustrated, these guys don't want to fight me, they don't want to shut me up. That alone to me makes the fight, for me, it should happen. I mean... He doesn't, he has a strap. He owns a belt. He's on the same network. He's never been stopped. He's a cutie in the ring, absolutely, but he's never been stopped. And you think about all of that, but yet you got Adrian Broner, who continues to get title shots, who continues to get. TV time, who continue to get in talks of facing other marquee fighters that still can draw a shitload of money, but a guy that doesn't have any blemish on his record can't get that opportunity. Think about that. That's that's crazy. Think about it. If you don't even like the guy's style, understand that. I mean, he's bored the shit out of any fight fan that really wants to see some action. Action, right? But at the same time, you can't take away the fact that he's got, he got out there and he, and he embodied exactly what most fans have understood of the sweet sciences, which is hit and not get hit. He's adopted that style. He, he, he's, he's embraced it. He's made a career out of it. You don't think Anello is not, he's, he's improved his head movement. He's, he's improved it so much that we're, we're witnessing him in the prime of moving his head, and when he got in with Danny Jacobs, we thought it was going to be more of a slugfest just due to the fact that he gets hit. But he was, able, he was able to eliminate one of Danny's best weapons, which was the jab by his head movement and confusing Jacobs. I mean, what are fans saying right now? Triple G got in with Demetrius, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, Sergey uh, Dermachenko, and, and fans are like, yeah, he's got to work on his head movement. He's got to work on his defense. He's getting hit too much. Spin the table and you get the the same fans saying those, th- those same exact things. They say they'll say about Demetrius Andre by saying the guy doesn't get hit. not He doesn't. He doesn't dare to be great. He doesn't take chances. Crazy, right? I like it when a fighter says, "Screw it, let me let me get at this guy." Let me get this fly in my face. Let me swap, you know, you know, swipe them down, swap them down, whatever, and and get them out of there so that I can continue forward so that I don't have to worry about them anymore. I shut them up. The only thing that I'm going to have to hear after that is either if I don't knock them out or, or, or I don't beat them convincingly, I'm going to just hear, I'm never going to hear the end of this guy, you know? That That's the only thing. But the only way to find out that if Andre's the, the goods, if Boo's the goods, is he got to fight him. He got to get him in the ring. So is it with good reasoning that Canelo and, and Triple G don't want to fight this guy? Is it with good reasoning? Because, I mean, look... Go back again and you guys, you know, I hear folks say, well, you know, he doesn't draw. Nobody cares about his fights. Shit, man. Canelo can fight a taxi driver. Triple G can fight a nobody. And they still were able to draw. Nobody knew who Fieldings was. He brought a title at 168. And Canelo was able to do great numbers with that. Moderosian. We had Tom Loffron leaving the ring and he said the numbers were fantastic. That, that having the single de Mile day didn't even matter. All of a sudden now it's like, ah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because he doesn't draw. Or as it doesn't make sense because he's a boxer. He's a mover. He's a guy that may make my fighter look a bit silly. I mean, let's think about it here. Remember, like I said, is that the real reason? Well, I want to go deeper about it. I want to go deeper about maybe this is the other real reason why you're not seeing Canelo and Gennady Golovkin, why they're not jumping with joy to face a guy in their own division that has a title, that's on their own network. Back in 2013, look when Canelo wanted when I mean I'm taking nothing away from Canelo right now. Okay, don't don't come at me and say oh you're hating on, but I want to point some out. When Canelo decided to take the road that I want to be great, I want to fight the best. 2013, he steps in when Austin Trout was a southpaw, a boxer. He got a unanimous decision. He did he did he got the unanimous decision. He was able to hurt Austin Trout, but Many folks thought he lost that fight. Many folks, folks thought he struggled. Immediately after that, they announced we're facing Floyd Money Mayweather Jr. in 2013. Guess what? Another boxer. And this time he lost on a majority decision. And it didn't look good. He got his he got his ass, outboxed. Bad. Weight probably was a big effect because he had a you know he had to cut uh, uh he had to make a certain weight you know uh, there was a weight limit he had to make. His youth he wasn't ready, he wasn't at the peak he's at at this moment, but they wanted that fight. It didn't look good against a boxer. He realized he wasn't the boxer. That night, then he takes on a flat-footed guy, Alfredo Angulo, El Perro. Right, he takes him on where the guy was not going to move, and he was able to, you know, get you know, throw punches and land big shots and 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 get gain that confidence back. But then, guess what? He wanted to prove he would not struggle with a boxer again, that he's finally figured it out and he mastered it. And I'm going to get back in there and I'm going to show everybody that, you know what? I got it handled. So 2014, he gets in with Irislandi Laura, the Cuban Southpaw cutie in the ring. And he won on a split decision. But you know what? A lot of fight fans believe he lost because he struggled. He struggled to cut that ring off. He struggled to land big shots. He struggled a lot. He had to work for that win more than he had to do against Amir Khan. He had to work for that win against Laura, more than he had to do against James Kirtland. You know, when he got in with Triple G and the rematch and, and Golovkin decided, I'm going to put the pressure, I'm going to come forward, and Canelo and was game for that. And I think that surprised everybody because he was game to go toe-to-toe and fight Gennady Golovkin's style that we all fell in love with. But when when Golovkin got smart enough and said, you know what, it's not working. I'm going to box him on the later half of the fight. Again, you saw Canelo having problems with a guy that has a good jab and moves where he has to search and look for him. He does better as the counterpuncher. He's always been the counterpuncher. So now he's at the height of his career. And he's like, why do I now want to face a South Pole who's six foot one, that's not going to be there for me to hit, that I got to chase down with a bum knee? I don't know if his knee is healed up, but I got to chase him down. Why am I going to, why am I going why, why to subject myself to something like that right now? Where there's so much money on the table. Right? he could he could pile all the money all the way up to the ceiling. Why why subject yourself again against a guy that can clearly make you look like you're not as good as who you're not as good as what everybody thought, you know? That can expose you on things that you've been working on. That've been successful against guys right now. Now, Sergey Kovalev is a huge, huge, huge task in my my opinion, and I'll get into that on another episode. But again, you got a guy that's going to come forward, a big man, 175 pounds, who's a power puncher and a boxer. Boxes when he needs to. But is Canelo going to really make him box? Is Canelo really going to push him back? I mean, it's to be seen. I'm not sure yet. November 2nd is right around the corner. But my senses and everybody else's sense, is to believe that Kovala is going to come forward to land, try to land that big, big right. So there's going to be a pocket fight. Canelo's going to be able to do what he did against Danny Jacobs, which is eliminate the jab with the head movement and get in the inside. Take control in the inside game. Demetrius, Boo-Boo, Andre doesn't offer any of that. Galileo would have to chase him, cut the ring down, you know, cut the ring off, corner him. It's going to be a cat and mouse game. So I think that's the bigger reasoning, man. I mean, you guys can call, call me up and tell me that I'm wrong. You guys can email me and say, nah, I don't think that, I still think that he doesn't draw. But remember, like I said, he's the cash money cow. He could fight anybody at this moment, and, and people are going to buy into it. I mean, we do all the time. He, he gets a big name, and then he picks not such a big name to, to kind of, you know, give him some rest time. Gennady Golovkin, let's think about this now. What would be his reasoning I mean, what's his reasoning not to step into the ring with him? Well, go down the long list of Gennady Golovkin, and have you really seen a boxer? A a boxer, I mean, Kasim Uma, which he fought early on in his career, he struggled a bit until he got that TKO, but he struggled with him. Then he steps in with Danny Jacobs, which, remember this, the same... Folks were saying, Danny Jacobs doesn't deserve this fight. Danny Jacobs has been knocked down by Sergio Morrow, who is not a big puncher at a a middleweight division. Not a big puncher. He's been knocked off by Pirog before. He's been knocked out cold. And if that happened, Gennady Golovkin is going to do worse. It's not going to go past one round. So I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see it. It's a slaughter fest. Those same people forget that Danny Jacobs got in there and fought a hell of a fight. And again, a lot of folks thought that Danny could have pulled it off. A lot of folks even said, Hey, man, I, I could, be, I would have been happy with a draw. Now, When that was lingering around, did you see Gennady Golovkin and his team say, you know what, I want to clear the air up. I I want to shut all the doubters up. Let me get a rematch. I want to rematch this guy and beat him more convincingly. Didn't happen. And you know why? Because they knew there was more money on the table. They wanted that Ganelo fight, and that was too close to call. We got the win. Let's run with it. Let's not look back. Let's look forward. They need their guy preserved. That's that's the bottom line. They need their guy preserved. Why? Because he's, you know, getting older, taking a lot of punishment. The days and hours are catching up. You don't believe me? Well, after, you know, on um, the rematch from Canelo, when it didn't happen, Dermenchenko was the available name, and they opted not to take that fight. They said, "No, nah, no, nah, let's get Vons Materosian. Let's get him in here. The guy that didn't campaign in a, a, as a 160 pounder was 154, and really, warrior, definitely a badge of, uh, of being a warrior. But we all knew what was going to happen that night. We we're going to get a KO reel." And some folks are like, well, why did we get that fight? Well, we got to keep him preserved. We got to make sure that, that he's okay because we're looking for that big payday. And guess what? Guess what again? They went that route. They weren't too happy about Ganello telling them, oh, you need to go get a title. You need to do something to prove to me now that you deserve a fight now that's deserved back again so canelo did out of left field decided well I'm not, I'm not going to face Triple G right now and and I'm not going to face Demetrius Andre of course I gave you all the reason why he wouldn't do it I'm going to go after Kovla so Triple G Said, fuck it, I got to go after Dermachenko because I need a title. And and Dermachenko fought Danny Jacobs. And I got to beat him. And and I got, you know, he's going to be there for me to hit. Smaller guy. It shouldn't be. It's going to be a bit of a tough fight, but it shouldn't be that tough. And guess what? It was a hell of a fight. Possibly fight of the year in a lot of folks' eyes. So it goes right back into the shelf of preserve. We got to preserve them because down that road, if Canelo gets past Kovala or loses to Kovala, which they're hoping because that makes him automatically come back down, the the third match, the trilogy match, happens. Big money. A lot of big money. So Demetrius, guess what, interrupts that interrupts that i don't think it really does honestly i don't think i think if demetrius gets that fight and i could be completely wrong about this but i think if he gets that fight now or later and if he wins and it's at a boring fashion i don't think it tarnished either one of the guys it's, it's, I mean, Dimitri's is just going to be the man that that they just couldn't beat. I mean, we all had that. I mean, I'm sorry, not us, but I mean, fighters, great fighters have all had that. I mean, Julio Cedric Chavez, Pernal Whitaker. Uh, De La Hoya couldn't get past Shane Mosley. Vernon Forrest couldn't get past uh, Mayorga. Eric Morales just couldn't get past Pacquiao after his first win. Look how many times Marquez, Juan Manuel Marquez, had to fight Pacquiao. Or Pacquiao had to fight him because he got tired of people saying, you lost that fight. Or it could have been a draw. Wanted to erase all doubts. That, to me, is what makes good fights. That, to me, still makes... A, a, a throwback fight is when you got a guy that's undefeated, has a title, and has a mouthpiece, and won't shut the hell up. You're supposed to be the fighter to say, I'm going to do what nobody's done to him yet. And if I don't, it's not going to tarnish me. I'm, I'm going to have that blemish on my record. I'm going to have that loss on my record. That guy's going to have that over me. I guess I'm just an old school fight fan. I want to see fights. I want to see, you know, the best available fights on paper. Sometimes when it gets translated on the television, then they're not as good as we want them. But at least we got, we got it done. So now we don't have to debate or wonder or fantasize what if, because the if finally happened. Either way, though, man, it is a great time to be a fight fan. Anyways, I'm your host, Dave Duenas. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll be back soon. You guys take care. plus.